If you are newer to our church, I hope that you felt welcomed and loved today. Uh, If you're a guest today, then I hope that in just this incredibly miraculous way, you've sensed the presence of a risen God. That is who we serve. And even if you're not the first time, but you're kind of new to the fellowship, I hope that one of the things that you've discovered already is that we believe that Jesus meant what he said. I want to begin my message by just stating that fact. We believe that Jesus meant what he said. And, and we desire to be a people at the fellowship. No matter how long we've been here, uh, some of us have been here at the fellowship uh, for the 46 years that it's been in existence. Some of us are kind of newer to the fellowship. But wherever we are on that spectrum, we desire to be a people who not only believe in the existence of Jesus and the gospel story and understand what Jesus taught, we desire to be a people who knows the commands of Jesus and obeys them. And so that's what we've been trying to do over the past several months is look at places in the scripture where Jesus not only was teaching, but he actually gave a command to his disciples. And we've tried to look through scripture and see places in God's word where there's what we call a Christ command, where Jesus makes a command for those who would follow him. And then we we look at it and we try to understand it and study it. And then we try to say to ourselves, what would that look like? in this today's modern culture and what are the things that are difficult about doing this command and how can we do this in today's life and so that's kind of what we're starting this morning for the month of June we're going to be looking at a command that Jesus gave to his disciples where he said let your light shine now he said that in Matthew chapter 5 and so I invite you to open in Matthew chapter 5 this morning you'll find that uh, in in Matthew chapter 5 About the middle way through, uh, in verses 14, 15, and 16. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be thinking about what does it mean to let your light shine? Where do you, uh, as an individual follower of Christ, struggle to let your light shine? Uh, How is it that we can let our light shine? Why does it matter if we let our light shine? We want to answer some of those questions this week. But starting in Matthew chapter 5, this morning we're going to look at Jesus' command and try to make sense of it a little bit and, and, and walk through these notes that we have this morning. God's Word says in verse 14, you, Jesus is talking to his disciples, you. That's a plural you. He's not talking to one person. He's talking to all of them. You all are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine, there's the command, before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, if you have your notes in front of you, you see that we're starting with good news. There's no better way to start a message than to start it with good news. And so this morning, I want you to be inspired by this. And I want this to give you a sense of confidence, a sense of excitement. I want it to kind of refire you for the week so that you're ready to leave and go live for the Lord uh, here as we begin our week on Monday. And here's what I want to encourage you with. We are the Lord's strategy. 
When the Lord made a plan to go into the world and make a difference, you are the plan. You as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, you are the strategy of God to go into the world and change the world. That means if you're a student here this morning, you are God's plan to bring the gospel to the school in which you study. Uh, If you have a job this morning, I want you to know that you are the strategy. You are God's plan at your job to take the gospel to the place that you work. If you have neighbors, I want you to be inspired this morning that you are God's strategy to connect with and love and impact and bring transformation to the neighbors that you live next to. If, if you live with others in your home, uh, I want you to know that you are the plan to bring the light of the gospel into the home in which you live. You see, that's good News, because that means that God not only redeems us, but fills us with this sense of urgency to go and to do what it is that God has called for us to do. Uh, movies that are really attractive to people and do big box office numbers are usually movies in which somebody along the way discovers they have this huge assignment that they didn't see coming. And, and it crosses genres. This can be an action movie. This can be a fantasy movie. This is, can be a romance movie, right? But all of the sudden, there's this, there's this storyline that's going, and all of the sudden, one of these characters realizes that there's this important quest. There's this important task. There's this important thing that they need to do that when the movie started, they had no idea was on their radar. But now, all of the sudden, their life is to be something so much more bigger than than what they believed it to be when the movie started. And it's exciting when you get an assignment from someone that you look up to or something that's important for you to do in life and you say to yourself, what? That's for me to do? Yes! I get excited about that. I remember when I was a child and the two people, the two guys that I looked up to in my life were my older brother and my dad. And one day they were out in the garden and they called me, Zach, Zach, come here, hurry, come here, come here. We have something important for you to do. And so little five-year-old me, right, is just running as fast as I can out there. And and I thought it was a two-mile track, but it really turned out later on when I grew up and I went back to look where I used to live, it was like 30 feet to get to the garden. But it was forever when I was five, right? And so I go out there. And my dad and, and my brother say, we have an important thing for you to help us with. And it was like, it's my time to shine, right? Like, I'm not going to let down these two guys in my life. And they said, we need you to take something to your mom. She needs it. I was like, well, where is she? She's inside. What do you need me to take? My brother takes his hand out from behind his back and he hands me a frog. I'm like... Mom needs a frog in the house? I didn't understand it at the time. They're like, yeah, this is really important. But I thought, you know, my dad would never lead me astray. (laughs) And my brother would certainly check him, right, if he was trying. And so I accepted this quest to take this frog and to see my mom because both my dad and my brother said it was really important. So in I go. And I don't know if you know this or not, but moms generally don't like frogs inside the house. 
And I just remember at that time, it's funny to me now, but at the time I just remember approaching that moment with such seriousness because my father had an assignment for me. And if I could just, just in a humorous way, bring you back to the text this morning, uh, I want you to know that the Heavenly Father has a task for you, and it's much more significant than the one that I did at five years old. This is a serious, important task. You are God's strategy for the world. But to do what? Two things this morning the Scripture teaches us. In verse 16, it says that... that uh, We are to let our light shine before others so that, first of all, so that they might see our good works. That means that we are the Lord's strategy to spread and invest the goodness of God in the world. So wherever you live and whatever your week looks like, whatever the ups and downs, whatever life looks like for you right now, if you are in Christ, If you've been saved, if you're a child of God, no matter how old or young, no matter how long you've been walking with God, no matter where you're at in your spiritual maturity, I want you to know something. You are God's strategy for the goodness of God to be planted in the world. But the second thing that we are God's strategy for is to multiply worship. I want you to look in the scripture that God, Jesus says to his disciples, That you are the light of the world. And your daily activities in verse 16 should be so good and invest such good in the world that the people see it and they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now if you're making notes this morning, you see that there's some cautions there. And I want to share these cautions with you. Because one of the things that I really hope is that you leave this morning really fired up for Christ. And I hope that you leave really fired up that tomorrow, wherever you're going to be, you walk out of here going, I am going to be a light for the world around me. Wherever it is and whatever that looks like. But as you do that, I want you to be cautious of these two things. The first one is, I want you to be very cautious of the direction of praise that people give. What I mean by that is that it's so very clear when Jesus is talking to the disciples that your good works are designed so that people would praise the Lord and not you. But isn't it true that when people praise us, it feels really good? And so sometimes we can become hungry for the praise that belongs to God Almighty. And so as you take steps towards whatever commitment looks like for you to letting your light shine in the world for the kingdom of God, I just want you to just to be very cautious that you don't get hungry, that you don't get thirsty for the praise that is designed to be given to God. So be very cautious about the direction of praise. Now, sometimes when, when we begin to serve the Lord, We begin to start that Bible study at our school or start to minister to that person at our job. And we start to make a connection and we start to serve the Lord and bless the others, other people around us. Sometimes people start praising us for the good things that we're doing. And it's so easy to love that. But as a true disciple of Jesus, I want to remind you that, yes, we can receive thanks and we can be acknowledged for our hard work. But the glory and the praise belong only to the Lord. So be cautious about that.
Secondly, I think that we need to be really cautious of people who love the darkness. I wish that I could stand before you and say, dear church family, I come before you today bearing great news. Everybody that you will ever meet loves the light. And so when you bring the light of the gospel to them, they are going to smile. They are going to applaud. They're going to welcome you and cheer for the fact that you're bringing light into their world. I wish I could say that, but that isn't always the case because there are some people who love darkness. And when people who love darkness are exposed to the light, they typically fight against it, uh, 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 seek to stop it, and and do anything that they can to keep the light from getting, how do I say this, on them. (laughs) I have three blessed children. And every now and then, when their beloved dad is asleep, one of my three blessed children will find it necessary to turn the light on. And in that moment, when the light floods the darkness, it startles me, it frustrates me, it annoys me, and it makes me very grumpy. And I want you to think about that as it relates to you being the light of the world. There's some people in your life that as you take deeper steps of commitment to be the light of the world, whether it be praying for them or sharing the gospel with them or starting a Bible study, whatever it is that you would do to be the light of the world, uh, it may startle them. It may frustrate them. It may annoy them. It may make them grumpy. And what that means is that sometimes when we are seeking to live for Christ and make a difference in the world, sometimes it's met with opposition. Sometimes people stand against you seeking to be the light of the world. And I only say that to you as a caution because I want you to be so fired up to go be the light of the world that you can't wait for your alarm clock to go off tomorrow because you want to be about it. But you need to be about it understanding that you can't fall in love with the praise of people. And there's some people in the world who love darkness. But the majority of what I wanted to do this morning is to help us, you and I, understand if I am fired up about this, if I'm excited about the fact that I am God's strategy to bring the light of the gospel to the world, and I understand these two cautions that I can't love the praise of man, and and I need to understand that there's some people who love darkness, but then what do I need to do in order to be the light of the world? I want you to see this morning there are three commitments that Jesus talks about in the scripture that we need to be prepared to make if we want to not just understand what Jesus is saying about being the light of the world, but actually do it. That's what we want to do. Move from understanding it and knowing it to actually doing it in our everyday life. There are three commitments. And the first commitment is that I must live publicly for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see that in the scripture this morning. In fact, we're going to go all the way back to verse 14 where we started this morning. And I want you to see the public essence or nature of the light as the Lord is talking about this this morning. You are the light of the world. That's kind of public, isn't it? 
a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. No, that's kind of public, isn't it? Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a stand. Again, there's that public nature of the light and it gives light to everyone in the house. And so in verses from 15 to 16, the metaphor switches to to giving this command. So then in the same way, verse 16, let your light shine. You see that phrase before others publicly so that they may see your good works. They can't see your good works unless they're noticeable and give glory to your father who is in heaven. I must live for Christ publicly if I want to let my light shine. Now that's unique for me as a pastor because a lot of the way that I serve the Lord is within the confines of the walls of this church building. What that means for me He said, if I want to be the light of the world, I have to make sure that I am the same person following Jesus out at the supermarket as I am before you this morning. I have to make sure that when I sit down at a restaurant that I am publicly following Christ, not just in this building when you're watching, but when I'm out there publicly with people. And the same is true for you. And so what I would ask you to do this morning, if, if you would, is ask yourself this question. Where do I have a hard time publicly being a Christian? Is there a place in your life? Uh, For some of us, it may be our job. Maybe we work with people who are really hostile towards the kingdom of God and, and you don't want to absorb the hostility, so you just kind of stay quiet. Students, what about you at school? Is it easy for you to own your faith or is it difficult? If we're going to talk about really being public with our faith, I think that we need to, to, to be able to understand and pinpoint in our own personal life, where is it difficult for us to be public with our light? So that's one of the commitments. We have to commit to living publicly. Secondly, we have to commit to living purposefully. And I would argue this morning that this can often be the one that's most difficult for us to do on a long-term perpetual basis. And this is one of those kind of characteristics or, or ways of living in the kingdom of God that can just fade over time. And here's why. Because you and I, we face a lot of different Areas of life all at once sometimes. And life sometimes can come so fast and so unrelenting that we kind of take this passive posture in life and just say, you know, I think just for the next five years, I'm just going to roll with the punches and see what happens. But what Jesus says about letting your light shine is that you purposefully put yourself in places so that you can be recognized as a bearer of the kingdom of God. What that means is that if we are living purposefully, that when we wake up in the morning and we get ready to walk out of our door, we realize that wherever it is I'm going to end up today, I need to purposefully invest the goodness of the kingdom of God into that space. Some of you own your own businesses and you think frequently, how do I do that? 
How do I invest the kingdom of God into the business that I'm operating and running? Some of you are employees and you're working at a company and you so love the Lord and and you're trying to think through, how do I live purposefully for the sake of the gospel at my job? Some of you may live in a home where very few people are walking with Jesus and you're thinking to yourself, how do I live purposefully in my own home for, for the sake of investing the goodness of God uh, into my home. Students, I've mentioned this already to you, as students who go to school and, and interact with classmates, how do I live purposefully in geometry class, not just to learn the theories, but to make a difference, or in Algebra 2, or in so, whatever it is, right? Like, how do I live purposefully in the world in which God has placed me? So two commitments that need to be true if we're going to be the light of the world. We need to live publicly. We need to live purposefully. The last one is from that last phrase of Jesus. We need to live pointing people to Jesus. We see that in the scripture that the sum total of the light is so that people would see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Our life is to point people towards one who is greater than us. I can't think of a better thing that could happen to me than for me to know that when you and I interact and then we're separated and we go on our ways, that somebody would think, Lord, I'm glad that I'm friends with Zach. He encourages me. He shepherds me. He cares about me. I mean, think about that, right? Like, what Jesus is saying here is that we are to live such an impactful life with other people that they see who we are and they give glory to God who is in heaven. Think about how amazing That is to know that you can live such an impactful life in people's lives. That when your interaction is over, when your phone call is over, when your text thread is over, when you're in person and you separate and you go your ways, that somebody else on this planet might look up into heaven and go, thank you, Lord. That is exactly what I needed. We must live lives that point people to Jesus. And so I want to ask you this morning to look at those three commitments. Living publicly, living purposefully, and living a life that points people to Jesus. Can I ask you just to, before God this morning, say, Lord, where am I at in all of this? Uh, There's so many people here this morning and we're all in different places. I could not possibly presume to know where we all are but I'm fired up about being the light of the world and I hope that you are as well but the first step this morning is for us to really understand what Jesus is saying and he's saying that we are to live out in front of the world on purpose so that we can point people to Christ and I I just want to check in with you this morning and ask how are you doing with that Do you know 
that you are God's strategy, God's plan to reach the world, to invest the goodness of the kingdom of God into every place that you will be this week. Are you ready to do that? Are you fired up to do that? I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow with me and pray? Before we pray out loud, I want to give you a moment just to sit in the presence of God Almighty. You may not have a lot of background in praying. And so these moments week to week might be a time where you're not praying. You're just kind of sitting there quietly, just waiting for the next thing to happen. Can I encourage you to take a step this morning? And silently there just praying. Would you just ask the Lord to help you be the light that God intends for you to be? If you've had a long walk with Christ over the years, can I ask you to go back to these foundational thoughts? Bring these notes before God Almighty. Say, Lord, how did I do last week with these things? And then just make a commitment to Jesus this morning. Lord, I will be the light of the world this week. I want to obey your command. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning in the name of Jesus. I thank you for them. I thank you for their passionate heart to worship you for their love that they have for the other saints as we enjoy each other's company from week to week and for the way that they love their friends well and they invite them and bring them here every week. But this this morning, Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, as they comprehend and listen to your command this morning to be the light of the world, As they think through, Lord, their Monday and their Tuesday and their Wednesday. And where that will be easy to do, Lord, and where that might be hard to do. I pray for divine inspiration. For the Spirit of God to encourage them. To keep them, to walk with them through even those difficult moments. May this world be different in seven days. Because your people answered the call to be the light of the world. Bless us, O Lord, as we seek to do that, certainly imperfectly, but with tremendous love for you and with tremendous love for the people who are around us. We wish to do this and to do it well. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let your light shine. May you do that this week.